Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. The used to be daily, now it's a weekly, and hey, maybe we'll go back to daily at some point podcast where we analyze and discuss all of the films in the DC Cinematic Universe. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. I'm Johnny, and you can find me anywhere at Austin Powers Minute. I'm Chrysanthi, and I mean, I guess you can also find me at Chrysanthi Tan on all social medias. I also post a guest, a guest the tune every Monday on Instagram, so you should play that for sure. Everybody get on that. It's like a game. It's like an interactive thing for followers. Yeah, like every Monday I play a new like quick cover. I'm a violinist, so it's a violin cover. And then the first person who gets it right gets to pick the tune for the following week. And I've been doing it for like five years. Everybody. Five years it's been going. Set your notifications. Yeah. Get on it, people. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about minutes, numbers, the minutes, the grouping. We're doing the, it's the five minute thing. So it's it's minutes 36 through 40 of Wonder Woman. <laughs> and the minute's going to start out with Diana gazing upon the God Killer sword. And the minute's going to end with Diana and... Almost called him Kirk. Diana and Steve (laughs) Trevor on the sailboat uh, leaving Themyscira. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris Anthony, thank you for joining us this week. Um, I was trying to get different opinions for the show and I was, you know, trying to get all different kinds of opinions because I know a lot of people when it comes to Wonder Woman and like this movie that came out in 2017, you know, a lot of people are generally very positive about it, you know. A lot of people welcome it with open arms. Um, when I spoke to you, you said you never haven't seen the movie, so I was like, "Wow, what a great, uh, you know, interesting take to get from someone." Um, and also, the the music for Wonder Woman was also um, of particular interest because um, the electric cello, her theme, was like a big part of like her introduction. So I was like, "Well, you know," because still maybe, gets talked about. Yeah, and with your background in music and everything, I wanted to get like a musician's opinion on on the movie, and especially this five minutes here, you kind of get um, some some of the music from uh, Rupert Gregson William. So um, I wanted to ask you, Chris Anthony, what what are your thoughts on Wonder Woman? <laughs> well, not only was this my first time watching this movie, but I never saw. I guess it was a comic. <laughs> I had no, I've never consumed any Wonder Woman media at all. But my friend is the electric cellist that did the theme. So that is like all that I knew about Wonder Woman was like, oh, <laughs> Tina, Tina did the theme. Um, but I couldn't tell while watching it how much audience members were aware of the plot going into it. So I was mm-hmm. actually gonna ask you all that. Like, I couldn't tell if it was a plot that was supposed to be shocking or if it was sort of like how the star Wars prequels are where you, you know, eventually what's going to happen. You just want to see how it plays out. The latter, the latter. Oh yeah. I, uh, yeah. Okay. I get since, yeah, I guess cause it is all, yeah, I mean, it's an entire flashback of a movie, I guess in relation to present time of the rest of the universe. Yeah. The only right. thing we know is that she, you know, a hundred years from now, she's burned by the reality of man. And mm-hmm. so this is like her origin story. And yeah, Patty Jenkins wants to give a comic book movie that like uh, details a character being better than 
you know, despite the, the circumstances, like how to be a better person, but it still has to set up like, okay, she, uh, she gets this harsh reality and then what, what does she do from there? So did you call her Patty Jenkins? The director. Oh, she, oh, oh, like, oh, sorry. You're, her goal in making, it. her goal in making the <laughs> movie. Sorry. So, sorry. That was probably confusing. <laughs> Um, because from someone who didn't know the plot going in, I was not like surprised by any aspects of like the plot didn't seem like the draw of the movie. So that confer- kind of confirms the purpose. Look, that's good. That's good. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, was it, was it more so, was it, um, in that kind of sense, was it, uh, lacking in any way or was it still? Yeah. Uh, I think it was lacking in, <laughs> it was, it was both. It was a fun ride, but it was very much like this isn't something where I'm it's gripping me with every like twist and turn. It's sort of like, Oh, uh, I I know what the arc of this is going to be. And as soon as I heard that her name was Diana, I was like, Oh, she's probably Ares' sister because in Greek with all, you know, it's just, it's there. It's not like the movie's trying to be too mysterious. Like they go pretty hard with the Greek mythology. And Mm -hmm. if you know, Greek mythology, you can put a lot of the pieces together that follow along and I happen to love Greek mythology. So that was great. <laughs> this is amazing. I, it, it, coming from like that perspective is, is amazing to me. Um, I guess, I don't know, maybe we've all had me particularly have all had um, people's exposure because of comic books <laughs> and because of me, like having that kind of background in comic books that someone uh, like piecing together um, just every mythos and, and a plot of of Wonder Woman's story just from basing it off of Greek mythology. That's that's just amazing. Hats off. Standing ovation. <laughs> Thank you. Well, well, actually, I'm like I'm half Greek and Greeks are like obsessed with themselves. So my mom like taught me <laughs> Greek mythology growing up, sort of like mm-hmm. as religion, mm-hmm. like almost as religion. And so my mom would not never have let me like get away to like third grade without knowing Greek mythology. Like we had like Greek statuettes in the house like we had artemis we had apollo <laughs> um we had zeus poseidon uh oh my god like legit like it was like the most stereotypical thing you can imagine like just miniature and and of course she like went to michael's and like had them like spray painted to look to look fancy <laughs> and like to, to look really like expensive and stuff so we had these i'm jealous we had these like statues of greek gods in our house and my mom would like I don't know how she did it. I don't, I don't know what the education system is like here, but she somehow got a free pass to come into my classroom on like Fridays in, I don't know, second grade and teach my class Greek mythology. She'd like read Greek myths and then we'd like do the Odyssey and like, and she would always like, har- she would always drill into me that the names that a lot of people use are the Roman names, not the Greek names. And she would mm-hmm. tell me, Diana is Artemis. Poseidon is Neptune. Zeus is Jupiter. And she would like tell me the translations. So as soon as I heard Diana, I was like, oh, that's a Roman translation of a Greek goddess. Which is funny because they kept Diana, they did Diana, but they kept Hades. Or not Hades, Ares. They kept Ares, the Greek name. That's awesome. I've never, (laughs) like, I've never even considered that kind of perspective. Like, um, cause you know, I guess someone who, who might come from Kansas or something, they're like, they might grow up to like learn about Superman a lot and stuff like that. But do you, do you think with Wonder Woman being based in Greek mythology, does that like, 
does that create a, a connection with you or is it more of like a do you feel more like are you like over it like <laughs> are you <laughs> over it much of this like oh, maybe yeah. more critical of it like i, I don't know like ha- oh. having that greek background like how does that uh how does wonder woman now seeing this film affect you it actually it didn't it had a positive effect on me um okay in fact like if anything i kind of was like i hope they go into it even more but i suppose like that wouldn't be super original but i think it would have been cool to have more like mythological easter eggs because that those are really those are really interesting for me and just created like a deeper level of meaning just of symbolism i guess sort of knowing that like Mm -hmm. you know like um artemis like aries is like the god of war i think his translation is mercury no that's hermes wait Anyway, like God of War Mm -hmm. and her, like Diana, the goddess Diana is also like a hunter, is a huntress. Um, And knowing that in advance kind of set her up, like her name was like already a destiny of sorts. And if you think about like, I don't know, I'm project, this is like me projecting my headcanon, except my headcanon is Greek mythology, which is like, Mm -hmm. all, which is like Greek gods and goddesses were always fighting each other and Mm -hmm. they were Mm -hmm. what set them apart from like, I don't know, Christian Judeo Christian gods and and everything is like, they were like people. They were like, (laughs) they were like people. They were just as petty as humans. And they would constantly like gang up, like cheat on each other. Like, like, like she, they all, they're all related to each other too, because Zeus slept with so many people. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. it's just like the whole thing is, is so dramatic and the tensions between like the siblings and the different factions that form against each other and the different ideals that they, that, that, that they want to champion, but then the impact that it has on humans, which is like, if different gods are in charge of different aspects of nature, then like, they kind of do always need to at least somewhat be able to come back to homeostasis. So it's not raining all the time or like, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's interesting to view it on that level of like, yeah, you want to have some tumultuousness um, just to like have different seasons and whatever. But uh, at the end of the day, they do have to like remain a family if humans are going to be able to benefit from them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great view of it too. <laughs> and it, uh, yeah. And I like, and it, and it also like, um, in no like critical way of thinking, but like it kind of puts them already like by that thinking already on a pedestal. So it kind of already makes them seem godlike in my opinion, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, like yeah. trying to strive towards something that is that obviously if they, if it works up there and you know, if it works for them, then it should work for the lesser man and everything. It's also just good news is that, uh, sorry, go for it. Johnny. I was just going to say, it's just, it's a shame that it was convenient for the story of the movie to kill them off in the beginning, basically as a exposition of explaining to Diana. Yeah. Why they're not around and everything. Um, except for Aries. Yeah. The one who kills them. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they say that they, they used to work together. Um, and then they created like, um, an era of peace. And Ares didn't like that, so then he started killing off all the yeah, all the pantheon. Call it the the War of the Gods, where he he then gets so like, I guess bored, and he was like, "All right, I'm done with everyone. I'll just fight with, you know, he'll create that turmoil with Mount Olympus, and then he ends up, um, quote unquote, killing them all." Um, 
But that's where, you know, Chris Anthony, you brought up like it would be great to see see more of that. And I think we all agree. Like everyone mm-hmm. here agrees because we all love yeah. the mythology so much. And um, especially with the um, what they call like the new 52 era of Wonder Woman in 2011. That was like that was the best run. It was just all Greek, you know. Um, her, her everything was Hermes, related to the right. That's the Greek one. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Hermes was like always like with her, and you know Ares? there was all. Well, no, no, Hermes, all the gods actually existed in the that run. Yeah, of they the were comic. all there, and like Artemis gotcha. had like this. She, she had this rival. You would probably rivalry. really enjoy that yeah. run. That one was the one. Ish, like series of Wonder Woman where they you were got like, to see everybody they were leaning into it. They were mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, she's got this mythology background. Let's even, just... even, even Hera was in there. And yeah. I was like, so yeah. shocked that they put her in there. Yeah. It was all just like we, the characters already exist. We're just, we just got to rewrite the stories. Yeah. You know? Throw, yeah. throw in Wonder Woman, which they bing, don't bang, boom, instant hits. Yeah. They don't really, a lot of Wonder Woman stories, they don't lean into the mythology like that one did. Um, and with 1984 coming out soon, I don't think, I don't expect, I'm, I'm hoping to be surprised, but, um, I don't expect to see any Greek mythology characters come from, uh, or show up in that film. Um, but it would be great to see mm-hmm. some of them show up. Um, and like, like I said, that new 52 run, like was was the one Wonder Woman run where they where they leaned into it so much that almost every character was from Greek mythology and she had to How deal cool. with all of them and like the, and they, all their pettiness like they, they were, would be yeah. petty in the pages of like fighting and sabotaging each other yeah and chasing each other down and it there was, was great. so much fighting amongst all of them and then like the big bad that shows up like towards the end was what's considered Zeus's firstborn and um he mm-hmm. didn't have a name he was just firstborn and he would just uh, he came in he just d- destroyed all of them he was like so upset he wanted to kill Zeus he wanted to kill all the Greek gods he wanted to destroy Diana it was like it was such a like battle between all of them um and so like that was like the one time um that they like leaned into it so um but yeah it's that's what most of us um are interested in seeing um but um, we'll have to look forward to the future, and hopefully we get there. Uh, but, but speaking about all those Greek gods, like with with what we the way we start in this minute here is actually her touring like that that vault that keeps all the the I guess gifts of the gods as they call it. And so we see here that this is where she's going to find the God Killer Sword and the like the iconic Wonder Woman armor. And also there's like a, a belt, it almost looks like a wrestler belt, like that's there that she doesn't pick out. Uh, it stays there and there's really no information about it, but it is there. Um, but here's where you can see like, there's kind of like this angelic quality to those items um, that you don't see anywhere else on Themyscira to like give you this idea that these were actually forged by godlike beings and then they were stored here for safekeeping. Um, but, uh, what do you, what do you think of, of, about the armor itself or Wonder Woman like outfit that they made for this movie? (laughs) I mean, okay. I think what they made for her in general, because the movie just has, the movie did have to stay a little bit true to 
the comics and, and all the mm-hmm. property that came before it. So I think mm-hmm. her outfit is, you know, it's, it's a little bit gratuitous in, mm-hmm. you know, there's the, this part later in the movie where she like takes off her clothes and, I, and it's like, she's wearing, <laughs> like, I, I just like, is it more protective to have the clothes off and to be like, or um, is it offset by the fact that she can move more? And maybe that's why so much skin is showing. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, it's not like I care about that. It's just like ridiculous. It's like as someone yeah. in the entertainment industry who has like been dressed like that uh, while other people, like while men are dressed like totally head to toe clothed, decked out, like maybe armor everywhere. I don't know. I've, I've, I personally am just like, oh, of course. Of course, of course. Of course. Um, Good news, the aforementioned comic series that Mark said, um, she's got pants. And wow. It's, it's, <laughs> honestly, the New 52 poster of Wonder Woman, what like that is, is one of the most heroic depictions of the character in my opinion. Oh, my that's opinion. so cool. It's just, it really is. And almost every depiction of that style is like uh you know it's always like in a looking up fashion kind of thing she's always usually either flying or floating or something like that it's like always she always they, they made a point to at least make it look heroic yeah, yeah i mean to be fair all the things all the like posters i've seen of her look very heroic i'm just i'm thinking mm-hmm. like i grew up a gymnast and a dancer and like in gymnastics we were leotards but it's it makes sense why and if anytime we wore like shorts over our leotard it would like snag on things and everything so like that it, that makes sense in dance. It's also, also we would often not wear that many clothes because of it constricting movements. However, when we were doing like certain movements, we would wear knee pads, pants, like things to like, you know, cushion the various joints of the body and everything. And so I was kind of like, mm-hmm. at least like, at least her knees are covered because you, you would need those knee, you really need those knee pads and like knee <laughs> things, but yeah. Yeah. Um, is there that, uh, the correlation between, especially in all of Themyscira, of just um, like Greek or Roman esque out outfit, even be it gladiator, gladiatorial outfits, or even just uh, warrior outfits? Um, it seems like there always like is a comparison to it, but then again, it's like you know, you you obviously can alter that. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to just be straight up from you know yeah the coliseum or something there's like a the balance between form and function right like there has to yeah. be like um good for them to to first be like well we want it to be gladiator armor you know split skirt mm-hmm. um you know they explain that there is that idea that she needs to be able to move and and you know if she's going to be a warrior she has to be able to have that um that range of motion and stuff uh, and then, then there's the design part where you go, well, maybe does, does she have to have wedges on her boots? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah, she not, has not she has wedges, which are it's like I don't, I don't think I could fight in in wedges. Yeah, yeah. no, me neither. Or I feel run. I feel like her chest is like very exposed. I feel like that's a very like part that I would be scared to be exposed so much to, like under her between her mm-hmm. like neck and chest, where I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's. But I, okay, I have to retract a little bit of what I'm saying. I actually don't have that much of a problem with, I don't have, I don't really have a problem with her outfit. And it also does occur to me that today we have things like spandex and lycra and like other things that we can imagine Mm -hmm. being form fitting and functional. 
but mm-hmm. it, it does occur to me that if the options are nothing or like leather, then, you know, or, or even cotton, like I can understand how sometimes nothing would be better than yeah, they, a subpar material. Possibly. They also, but then if you look at another planet that exists, that has it. some of the best, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, and this is this is this is it. You look at another planet that has some of the best warriors that were ever known to the galaxy, and yet they're in full armor, mech suits, Feora Ul. Oh yeah, you're talking like uh, Superman and like, yeah. yeah, like Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just like there's like that spectrum of. But even then, they that had that suit had um, an advantage for them right so they it helped them acclimate to the planet that they were also on mm-hmm. at the time so it was like almost self-preservation for them to have to wear that mm. yeah i see what you're saying uh, yeah so i know also one different thing planets with- maybe different planets and worlds have different materials and skills mm-hmm yeah, but then when it comes to like Krypton, it's like that's <laughs> supposed to be like an advanced planet, and then it's like their idea of what advanced society clothes. It's the same thing with Star Trek. It's it's just an idea of advanced society clothes is what giant robes and huge headdresses. What's going on here? What is what's happening? <laughs> Look, what, I have what, I have where, a guess. Sci-fi. Mm-hmm. What if, even though it's sci-fi and very advanced societies, what if like fashion and taste and mm-hmm. you know yeah. other like very human reasons for dressing ourselves still apply like it doesn't mean that they're always going to do the best you know most functional thing maybe they also care about looking a certain way so maybe you know fashion style yeah and i mean Friends. to be honest it's like wouldn't you love to walk around in a in an ornate robe and just like live your best life yeah some things <laughs> also come down to to ritual and mm-hmm. and, and culture and even I me mean, look at our own military uniforms like you can go you can boil things down to like down to the boots down to the helmet there are still bevels and and curves and contours to to just armor that's modern to this day and there's still a as like design because at some point someone's like well it has to look good right like you know so um with with this it's like this is these are gods who are making the armor for someone else you know i'm sure if one if wonder woman herself had a choice to design armor she probably wouldn't design it exactly this way but this is hephaestus down in the in the pits going what are the kids like these days <laughs> yeah like here's here's our here's armor for uh an, an amazing amazon woman and it's like you know, all right hephaestus we get it <laughs> um so it it there is form and function here um and i can understand it they they did try to to work with what they were given from the, from the last film because obviously uh michael wilkinson designed this this one for batman v superman dawn of justice and so with this film they were like we're gonna take that we're gonna make it a little bit lighter because it's still a little bit more new oh at the time it's a little bit more new and then um i think they also said that they were adding like a fleece lining to the inside to keep either Wonder Woman within universe or uh, Gal Gadot herself, but to keep her warm because they're doing cold shoots and stuff like that. It's like, they're like, (laughs) there needs to be some warmth here for, for, you know, for the lack of coverage. I have. Well, and I mean, she was 
she was pregnant for this movie as well for yeah. some of the shoots of this movie. Some so of that's her really armor important. has like a, a cutout in the midsection. They just had to like green screen her mm-hmm. her belly bump. But also good on you for <laughs> oh. doing all of this pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Um, so. Also, I, I think when it comes to highly specialized and like skillful ways of moving or creating, whether it's like playing violin or learning learning how to you know, fight and be trained and, and such. The tradition really has, I think, more of an impact than we might realize. Whereas like if everyone that came before you wore something in a certain way, then you're trained to be wearing that thing. And similarly on the violin, like the design of the violin has not really changed in hundreds of years. And mm-hmm. is all mm-hmm. of it like comfortable or functional? I'm Well, I'm sure that there could be some <laughs> amendments to it, you know? But everyone kind of still learns that same instrument without too many modifications. Like there's not a lot of new stuff, new accessories coming out for the violin. Yeah. I'm trying to think because like, because otherwise then you would just, at, at some point it would just be like, well, we're so advanced now that the violin is just the stem and strings. It's, a, it's another <laughs> instrument or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then it's also, it. yeah. It's also it's just also like, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Oh, okay. It's also like, at what point do you stop just like tweaking the object? Because maybe that's not the problem. Like every, if every object, every outfit's going to have flaws and be a little bit imperfect, it might just mm-hmm. like behoove you to just make a decision and then adapt to it since everyone has to adapt in some way to something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it's like, um, maybe the reason that you were drawn to uh, pursue that specific thing so like learning the violin or being a really skilled warrior Mm -hmm. was you had somebody you you looked up to and you maybe don't you don't want to change that because you won't be able to follow in their footsteps the same way yeah yeah it's like mojo you can also apply it to um i mean just (laughs) just comic books in general i mean someone sees if if someone sees Wonder Woman and, and that like strikes a chord with them to being like, wow, it's, it's my favorite superhero now. I mean, that happens with, with Batman most of all. In Spider-Man, people see that character for de- the design, whether it's functional or not in reality, they see it and they go, that to me looks empowering. I want to wear that. That would be cool to wear and that would be cool to be doing what they do. And if Wonder Woman, like her armor is cool enough to, to wow people and then they, you know, and then they find out about the Greek mythology and then they're like, whoa, she's like part God and then there's all these gods that, and like an island of, of just women because they're better and, you know, man's world is a complete shambly mess and <laughs> like that's like that snowballs into being like, OK, now nah, it's my favorite superhero and I, I can get down with this, um, which is, I guess, kind of like how we're going to segue as, you know. <laughs> She gets the. <laughs> That's the segue. <laughs> yeah, here's the segue. The segue is is that she gets the armor and then she decides, I'm gonna help Steve Trevor out. Man's world is a shambly mess right now, and I know who the problem is, and I know what to do, which is to take a sword and stab that person right in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> and so she decides, yeah. I'm gonna get the armor. I'm gonna steal it. My mom's gonna be very pissed, but I'm doing it anyways. She gets the armor and she says, "All right, Steve Trevor." Now I'm going to take you over there. Um, uh, Mark, I got to call something out literally right now that you said that. <clears throat> Isn't it insane now? Okay, so you, you just brought out that 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 mindset of someone, here's the problem, how to fix it, use a sword, cut it out. 
the first like conversation that Batman and Diana have is about the Gordian knot, the sword that cut the Gordian knot, and that's just like that exact mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they're both there they and oh boy this is going real big and the both of them are there looking at that fake sword but both of them have come so far from what they have learned that they realize that the way to do something is not just cut the damn thing it's there it involves so much more oh my god yeah <laughs> no you're right because the, the same people who wrote that wrote the story for for this movie and the you know, no spoilers. As spoilers, it has been out for three years. She, that's a fake sword. That sword is not yeah. the God yeah. Killer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so. Oh my gosh! They're both fake swords. They're both fake Holy swords. Shit. Real fake swords. This yeah, is insane. Yeah. So it's a fake sword, and she thinks right now that the simplest way to solve the problem is to literally cut. Oh my God! The thing. And then. Batman sitting there at the goddamn museum thinking the only way to solve the Earth's issue is to kill the goddamn alien that's been flying around the sky. Holy crap, Mark. How do we how do we do this? This so, is big. I'm sorry. This, I'm freaking out. No, it's okay. I, I um I'm nodding my head to everything you're saying. It's it's very it's one of the it's one of the oldest plots I remember from like kids stories. I had this kid I had this little storybook as a kid where like I guess you could go to Costco or something and put your kid's name in there and then the story's about them so it was a story about me technically <laughs> it was like I was a mouse who would play who did ballet and I couldn't I was like struggling with stage fright and um at, someone gave me some like magic ballet slippers and then I could do it and I as long as I was wearing the slippers like it was all great I was was the best like I could do all of the moves and then I of course they went missing and then I'm like how am I going to do the recital and then it turns out that they were fake magic and it was all in me that that's you wait someone made a story for you no it's like well okay there's like these fill in the blank stories that they sell I don't know what Ah. company it is and it's like the story is there and there's like a cutout in the face. And I think you can just put your kids like picture in there and then you, oh. you tell them and they print, they print the book, like the kid's book, they print it with your name as the, as the main character. So I had a lot of stories about me. Caught. Oh, maybe. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. No, they, that there is, was the, yeah, that is exactly like, yeah, that that's a, that's what Diana and see that's, Man. That that's where we're getting at towards like you know as you know if we were to look at the last part of this um, is is that Hippolyta doesn't want Diana to go do this because of that um, because Diana thinks that she has the God Killer she's gonna go and stab Ares and and, that, and that's it but there's so there's so much power and not to bring up Spider Man so much but like like that there's so much power that Diana has that she's recklessly going out there and it's like, yeah, I know, I know you can do it. In fact, that's what scares me is I know you can do it. Um, and you know, like, like the story that, that I base basically about you is that you have it in you. It's you. It's not the shoes. It's you. It's not the sword. It's, it's Diana. And, and that is where Diana's or, um, I'm sorry, where Queen Hippolyta says, you know, 
you're going to be my greatest sorrow because I know you're going to go out there and there's, there's a harsh truth out there. Um, not to say that, you know, your but I mean, belly like, skills I thought are harsh. She says, I thought she says you are my, and today you are my greatest sorrow because she's leaving her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's what I, I got it from like, uh, like presently. Yeah. Because she says today. Yeah. But also what you're saying is like what, Sorry, I mean, it I, does work. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm, before, it's I mean, all up to that, interpretation. I mean, like the thing yeah. about the God killer sword and, and everything that this, this whole film struck me as like early Wonder Woman, I hope. I mean, I don't, I don't have a depth of knowledge with Wonder Woman, but this is like, strikes me as someone very, very, very early in the journey. I didn't really get a sense of who she is in this, you know, she kind of takes various stands, but I, it is very much like she's really trying to figure out what she values and what things are because in that point where, you know, she stabs him and the war doesn't stop. And she's like, what this is, she kind of starts tripping and like, Steve is like, you know, human, like the war, it's not that (laughs) simple. I was kind of like, is this a plot? Is this supposed to be a big, I was confused because it seemed so obvious like, or that it should yeah. be so obvious. Um, yeah. I think it, it, uh, it yeah. put her in a light that was like, not as strong, <laughs> you know, she was physically strong, but it made her look kind of, it made her look really foolish and naive throughout the Like, yeah. To be in that position. Yeah. I guess you kind of have to look at this movie as like Diana's coming of age movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, it's her journey. It's yeah, the beginning. The first time. Yeah. Yeah. So naivety is a word we've tossed around harshly, unfortunately. I don't like that word. But she is a spring chicken in this. If you yes, know. yes. Um, so um, it, it's not obvious to her, you know, obviously the, the end and all that and, you know, the, the bigger picture of it all. But, you know, and it... And it shouldn't be obvious to the audience because we come from that same world you know we come from the world of man and and all its atrocity um so we shouldn't be surprised at that but diana coming from themiscara and and pure and just the idea of evil is just personified into aries and that's exactly what happened i mean she was only told the one story you know aries messed up everything and made everybody start warring against each other so that that's it, you know. You you live hundreds of other years only hearing that one tale, of of angst. You just kind of like identify it. Oh, he's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, go after it. Yeah, that's that's where we move now. Where it's like they 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 kind of set it up for future installments. You know, you don't really get to reap those benefits in this one, which is you know kind of happens at the end where she goes, oh, this entire time I've been I've been chasing this person to to defeat with with anger or to just defeat in general and then she realizes you know it's it that you know she says love will will save the world or love will change the world it's that it's by that compassion that i must go and go with that perspective versus like my warrior instincts of just like trying to to destroy someone um which is kind of very jedi like you know you kind of see that with luke skywalker and return of the jedi and you know with with that mentality that's where she she ends the film 
and now it's like we have to wait to see how that how that works in, in like her sequels and stuff um but this one is, is is pretty much that it's it's trying i guess it's what patty is trying to say is that she wants us to empathize with someone who who thinks that way who, th- who might think that kind of um simply which is kind of like how we are sometimes or when we grow up and then we realize that that's not the way to go about things um and so maybe it seems that way it and it, and it faults diana and it creates like um, a flaw in her but it's so that we can relate and especially for for kids who grow up and, and watch the movie or, or read her comic books that they can relate to her and be like, oh, then maybe I should be better by trying to be just like that. Like having that that turnaround. She's giving us, she's uh, she's failing for us so that, so that we can learn from from that failure, right? Or- mm-hmm. I think it's not satisfying. I think she <laughs> still ends up killing Eric because if she's going to embrace this love, compassion thing, she still has to, but she still feels that she needs to, you know, kill Aries, which in the moment, I get it. Just from a bigger perspective, it. I also don't like that just all the gods are guilt, you know? I, I also don't like that any... I don't like that. But, you know, I'm not here to, to debate that plot point. But it seems like she is just making a choice to side with the humans because the humans are like this new thing. She doesn't really feel that passionately connected to the god. Like, she just found out she's a, a god killer. She's not like... Yeah. She, she's not like, oh, like uh yeah i don't i don't know like to me it's like she has a crush on this guy and it's like the first guy she's seen so now she's gonna save yeah. the world with love i okay <laughs> this was yeah. written by men it's, it's like <laughs> it's like the only so like i in in a harshly naive aspect it would be like a just the one outsider's view completely skews uh your way of thinking this is her first and love were any of us like <laughs> I, I don't know like i wouldn't have trusted and, any hey. decision. <sighs> it's very relatable you're just it just makes it so much more relatable to me <laughs> it's like would you would you go out and uh wage war to kill like god if, go for, kill your because brother. your like first crush was like yeah that's that guy's like a bad guy what are you gonna do um <laughs> if it was 2007 absolutely <laughs> Mm. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It is um it is one of those things where it's like, oh, that's how the 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 comic book, you know, and you go, "Okay." Um so it's yeah, it's I mean, I'm 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 hoping that in the future that um Zeus or some other god shows up and says, "Hey, we need to have a conversation." we need it we need to talk some more and then um yeah they they talk these things out um but anyway, since we're, we're hey well since we're talking about like um like how you know not to relate to like our first love or anything but like oh uh, well hold on hold on i'm, I'm, I'm out just, <laughs> um i'm out uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, about Queen Hippolyta and Diana because this is this if you if you separate this from just being a, a superhero origin movie, um, this is this is a daughter who's like, I'm kind of t- gonna defy your wishes and 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 do what I think I I want to do, um, and which this is a to me it's a it's a something you don't see that often in in comic book movies, which is a mother and daughter having this kind of d- departing conversation that's not gonna end on. On, on, I guess, a happy note. Really? 
I feel like this would be such a common thing for like the, you know, the kid kind of wants to do their thing and the parents look like disapproving or maybe a little knows a little bit more. I feel like that. Well, usually in comic books, they just kill the parents off. and then they... Yeah, not many oh, oh, comic gotcha. book characters have good relationships with parents. Oh, yeah. oh. I <laughs> There's usually this... tragedy or something involved. Oh, I, I took this as a bad relationship at two. Um, Between Diana and her mom. You think it, it, it is the the relationship? Uh, if you if we really analyze it, the relationship between Hippolyta and Diana is, in my opinion, very rough. I don't think it takes much analysis. I feel like it's pretty obvious. Like she does the "I love you," but her actions don't really show it. Like she, it, she doles it out in a way that's like, you know, it to me. Okay, it's like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, I love you. You're my great. Like these words are so, ring so hollow to me when she says, "You have been my greatest love." Okay, what does that mean? Has she felt that way? Has she always felt supported, or does she go to her mom saying, "I know my mom's going to disapprove," like not even talk to me about it? Yeah. She's just going to disapprove. Okay, that's one thing. Like maybe the mom did love her, but maybe she didn't actually show whatever her the mom did, love or not. Her daughter did not come out on the other end feeling that her mom was like a supportive person that she could talk to. So, mm-hmm. you know, take what you want from it. Like, and today you're my greatest sorrow, guilt trip. Like who cares? Oh yeah. Like you may never, no, like yeah. who cares? Like, I, like, I do not think that it's a good relationship at all. And just the fact that she doesn't kill her to me, it still puts her in the same camp as, you know, parent, parent, kid strife. And, you know, yeah. just different differences in worldview and differences in intentions. You are absolutely 100% correct uh, yeah. because this is a common thing and like in every iteration of Wonder Woman there is and sometimes they, they make it a little bit more um, like explicit and, and very harsh and more harsh yeah. than it is here. Here it's like treated as like a, a sad goodbye, but in yeah, some just a disapproving yeah. guilt trip. Yeah. But it was anyone in the audience sad? No. Unless you're a mom no, in the audience is. being like, oh yeah. And like, you're really trying to like compare it to your life. But most people yeah. are not like, oh, yeah, I really feel the love. I'm sad to see this character go. It's like, yeah. But it, exactly. It's and also Paula like. is a rough lady. Most moms are not going to just, hopefully, trap your children on an island. Exactly. It's a control. Have them mom, learn like, anything. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is a lot of omission uh, of, of truth. And I, there was like no transparency of it, you know. And, and even right now with Menelipe, she's like, should you tell her? And she's like. I'm but the thing is, <laughs> the thing that pisses me off about that line is like everybody knew except Diana. Yeah. So it's so the rude. one person who needs to know. It's so rude to like hide somebody's identity from them mm-hmm. or try to change their idea of, or their identity. Mm-hmm. It's I feel like it's parents do that toxic. a lot, though. It, yeah. they do. Yeah. 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 So like this is the this is it's just it's a controlling. It's like an abusive situation, and very much so. Yeah. Like. It rings really, it's a little too personal of a note for me, but like whatever was omitted from, for a new person, like that was like a red flag immediately, the mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because then, Mm -hmm. then her aunt has to come in and, and train Diana, you know, as much as possible, as quickly as possible. And she gets mad about that. And it's like, okay, but you know, if, if Ari were to walk up tomorrow, then then your greatest love has no chance, and then she's. Then what are you gonna do? Yeah, then she's gonna die. It's like, and you can't, you can't defend her at that point. And there's, she has to know. 
Like you, you, I don't see that keeping that information from someone is like, I know you're trying to protect her, but like you've got to. But that in and of itself is like the, the idea of like, I need to withhold this information to protect someone is a toxic trait. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, which comes from a place of yes, sure. Wanting a good outcome, but for whom? And like it, it, yeah, it doesn't show that like the mom doesn't love her because maybe that's just her really skewed way of doing that. You know, I don't want to lose my daughter. And so I think that I think, I think, which is like, you know, a little bit narcissistic. I think that I have the power to change this destiny by Mm -hmm. doing certain (laughs) things. Like it's, it has uh, much more to do with the mom's, you know, mental, emotional state. I think, you know, the mom must feel very lonely. She doesn't want to lose her daughter. And it's more, it's more about, you know, having her daughter gone rather than having Diana gone, like for Diana's sake. Oh, this for a moment there, I was about to be like, oops, we're talking about the Jedi Order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess in, in some alternate universe, there, you know, Diana doesn't have to leave with with Steve Trevor on an island because she is brought up differently, you know, and she's not withheld information or she's maybe trained a little bit differently or t- taught a little bit differently. And, and so you don't have this a radical decision for her to leave the island and this is her leaving the island and in some in some iterations of the comic book she's just kicked off the island it's like a mother kicking yeah. her daughter off the uh, out of her just being house. defiant yeah, yeah. i like, wasn't sure about the line where she said you may never return i wrote it in my notes i was like does this oh, mean yeah. she, does this mean she might not return or she is not allowed to return not no, allowed not allowed that uh, yep. hippolyta is spiteful the most spiteful being in the pla- on the planet it's it's insane. that's interesting yeah. So she's kind of like Hera. Yeah. 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 She's supposed to be uh, like in, you know, the comics, it was supposed to be hinted towards that. It was like that sort of personification. Oh, yep. Uh, I see that. Uh, and then, you know, they had to bring in, oh, wait, well, Hera still had to exist. It's, you know, which gotcha. um, it was this, like, if you think more like uh, philosophically, like this is, you know, Diana is, is choosing to help a man instead of you know helping her or choosing her mother's side and and what was in my opinion what makes wonder woman such a great character is that she's trying to be this bimodal like person for both like i'm she wants to do the right thing um and choosing sides like choosing hippolytus side or you know explicitly choosing man's side she's trying to she wants to do both she wants to uh, be you know a hero for both man and woman and, and not fall into, um, into sides or, you know, one, one mode versus the other. And, and that bothers Queen Hippolyta. And so she's basically says, you're going to choose Steve Trevor. You're off the Island, you know, and it, it's, that's not the right thing. So. I'm now seeing this. Go ahead. I'm now seeing this from the perspective of someone who grows up, being the child of like narcissists or, and I, and I mean this in a way, I don't mean this in a way to say like the narcissists are bad. I I say that, I mean, in a way that's like, they're struggling with really strong feelings of loneliness and attachment and insecurity. Um, You know, like sort of borderline traits, um, NPD traits, and it leaves the fact that, 
choosing the man side versus choosing the mom side, the fact that those have to be two different sides is mm-hmm. a result of the parents' um, mm-hmm. worldview. The fact that the kid that you know Diana feels caught between sides, you know, whereas why won't why couldn't her mom just like be on her side to help her with her choices, no matter what? Like the jealousy aspect and the the like, you have to have your loyalty to me above all else thing is very very reminds me of that dynamic. It's it's a very realistic dynamic. And it makes more sense now that to me that Diana is not, even though she's, you know, a grown up, it makes more sense to me that she's not very fully realized. And she kind of doesn't have, she doesn't really have that strong of like opinions or values. She kind of does like we, she kind of does, but it's like, she's testing them out. That's what it felt like to me because she hasn't really been allowed to safely make choices and feel like solidly in them. Like she shouldn't feel split between wanting to do right for everyone, you know? Yeah, it's like um, she's been struggling the whole time of like, I kind of know maybe an idea of what I want to do with my life, but I know my mom won't be there to support me. So do I want to take the leap or not? And then that's, I guess that would be that shaky ground, right? That she's constantly in the first place. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, it's constantly unsure of if this is going to work out because basically everything in her life has been that way like Mm, i'm going to try but it might not work out i'm going to try but it might not work out so it's very it's very debilitating for her to like be able to go out into this world and be so confident and get there and be like oh crap like i don't (laughs) know if i'm doing the right thing or not now because i've been made feel this way my whole life it's already hard enough to like just for anyone to make the decision to rise to a challenge or try something, mm-hmm. but to have the added layer mm-hmm. of like, not even the insecurities about whether I can do it or whether it will be hard or whether I will like that better, like to have the added layer of, but my mom might not approve is. And so the, it makes the cost benefit like thing even more skewed to where just not doing anything and mm-hmm. not realizing any sort of potential because you're just afraid to make any type of move no matter which way it is because you're afraid like that you're so right it's exactly what happens to this this version of wonder woman i mean yeah she she disappears for 100 years and even uh see trevor in last week's minutes he said you know my father taught me you can either do something or do nothing and i've been doing mm-hmm. nothing my whole life so uh, that's why he's now part of being a spy and, and yeah, he used to just be like, um, I guess you're like your Han Solo type. You just fly by the seat of my pants. So he wasn't getting involved in anything, probably getting into bad stuff. And then like he decides, oh, I've been doing nothing my whole life. So I need to stand up for, stand up for is, something. Uh, yeah. This is Captain Kirk. This is Captain Kirk. Yeah. Well, it's like, I guess like talking about all of this, um, relationship with her mom thing, it kind of makes the ending of the movie hit home a little bit more because like, uh, I guess now thinking about it, you go out, you make your choice, right? Mm -hmm. You, you persevere. She did the thing that she had set in her mind when she sailed away on in this group of minutes done. She did it right. Yeah. She lost her first love. Um, she, at the end of this, she's standing there. Think about it. She's standing there looking at Steve's picture on the, the list of soldiers that died. So he's gone. She can't go home. Mm -hmm. She has no support system for her to like really grieve on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so there's no wonder she turned away from everybody. 
mm-hmm. for a hundred years because at that point you have to deal with so much trauma right. of like you lost your home, you lost your first love, you can't speak to your mom. Like you, you have no contact with your family that you've known for hundreds of years. Like mm-hmm. you're done, you're alone. It's scary. Right. So no yeah. wonder she retreated and said, I need to go work on this trauma myself and do something mm-hmm. else because mm-hmm. I can't, I can't go out and face it and be the same person I was. Yeah. And then a hundred years later, she meets a guy and she recognizes that same trauma. It's like, oh, oh, honey. Mm-hmm. Help. <laughs> yeah. Then, I mean, oh, honey, you dress up funny. <laughs> There's a, um, like the, the only reason she's, still in business is because people then need her where she she so she, and cousin her business is a uh, booming yeah so it's like people depend on her and she's got no one you know she's got no support system of her own so she's kind of like um uh drifting mm-hmm. I, I guess you know she falls into predicaments here and there because um mm-hmm. she she sees that people needs help and so she yeah. helps them and but, um, a lot of very people. parallel to uh, to the plot of Man of Steel in the beginning there. Yeah, um, it feels like the her mission throughout the movie, and it gives more context to the ending in a good way for me. Is less about the mission of you know killing Ares and doing the whatever the m- mission is for this specific movie, so much as it is proving that she can do something and that she can succeed and do something different and and you know it's not about choosing man it's about choosing not necessarily her mom and choosing something new newer and just the bravery of taking a firm step you know no matter how it went like Mm -hmm. I, i know exactly what that feels like you know yeah, I feel like, you know, it's, it's like getting your first apartment and you're like, it might, it might not be the best one, but you're just like, you're proud. You did some, you did it. You did something. You'll learn more better. You'll do a better job next time. But like you did it and you, you separated yourself a little bit and you know, you're starting to yeah. get in the swing of something and, and it feels like you've made a step for yourself. And that's, I, it feels like that's what she has done in this. Yeah. Yeah, like you're moved to a to a new city, and um, although sometimes people are like, "Hey, if it doesn't work out, you could always, you know, you can always move back," but in this case, you can't. <laughs> but like for most people, they they try moving out to a new city, and um, because they're chasing, you know, their goals, and it's it's it is a leap of faith, and you are going to fall. It's not like you may fall. It's like you there is going to be a moment of failure. And then what do you do Here's with that reminder. failure? Alexa, stop. Sorry. Alexa, thank you for joining us on Wonder Woman Minute. <laughs> <laughs> she said drink water. This is your reminder. Oh, that's good. That's a good reminder. Everybody out there, drink water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brought to you by water. Yeah. Drink it. Yeah. Speaking of water, it's um, a lot of water in this. Uh, oh, my anything. God. Yeah. <laughs> this is Titanic. So, this is Titanic. This. And Steve Trevor is just looks just like Jack Dawson with those suspenders on. Honestly, I when I was watching this movie, I actually paused it. Same and I, time. What? Same same time period. Oh, uh, it's oh. 1970. So yeah, it's around the same. Oh, okay. So yeah. they are going so in the they, same they costume be... closet. Yeah. And I was looking <laughs> up pictures of uh, like the of uh, from Titanic, those final scenes that are kind of lit in the same way when they're kind of floating on the water. <laughs> yeah. 
pretty similar. Um, but I don't like Steve. <laughs> so it's, so there's um when he's in the cave and he's um trying to use his uh compass or whatever that is i'm sorry i don't know d- instrument terms is he trying to like exactly pinpoint where he is and he just obviously doesn't know yeah, yeah. that's what we're trying to get from that okay so w- w- the process of that is like what figure out where you were headed and then just try to figure out how fast you were going and but all also yada, 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 then realize right? that your compass doesn't work in this magical mythical bubble that is over the mascara yeah, yeah. pretty much yeah okay yeah it is one of those things where it's like um uh, that's got to be the most disorienting thing is looking at like this map and then realizing that like what you're standing on just like doesn't exist and your compass doesn't work so you're like I don't even know I don't even know where I am this is yeah can't even, <laughs> can't even fathom it um I like this I like this coat that Wonder Woman has I think it's a it's very comfy a cloak. I, I, yeah a cloak I guess you should call it um I'm, I'm like I'm digging it I'm like I would I want I want to wear that um Looks very comfy. I feel like he could it's sleep in like it. It's like a big robe. Yeah, I love it. I like that. Um, but uh, the, the, yeah, the, this is all obviously the the boat is real. We'll talk more about that next week. Um, but the 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 world of the the water around is completely CG set. That boat's not going nowhere. We're in, it wasn't shot on set, and uh, wasn't even. I don't even think it moved from that where it was on the docks over there when she leaves. They were just like sit in the boat, green screen, and then just pretend you're sailing now <laughs> um but uh, i'm trying to see here um i think that's that's all i have she get, she's gifted the tiara or what is oh, it called i'm sorry it's not a tiara uh, no no it is a tiara yeah no, it's, it has a different name it's antiope's um tiara that's what they call it oh yeah i guess it is a tiara yeah it's antiope's i thought uh, it had a different name a um, better name yeah, it looks the, like a headband yeah um i guess they call it tr just out of legacy for for wonder woman like oh she's got her iconic gauntlets and her lasso and her tiara and so they did they just call it that gauntlets bracelets of submission okay but you get what i'm saying that's exactly yeah but that's like i really need to know (laughs) i need to know what (laughs) i need to know what the mickey rourke uh wrestler waistband was though like we need to figure out the belt like what yeah. that would be like i have no yeah, idea like the wwf championship belt that is for some reason on the mascara locked away in the vault yeah you know that's not um i guess Maybe we going, should ask steve austin going I back to queen hippolyta um like there's no resentment for handing that to to diana being like well this is on you now because like what the the the, the weapon Antiope's no Antiope's uh, Antiope's oh. um, tiara yeah because she she dies in battle and you know Antiope's mm-hmm. like you need to go find Ares and 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 end this yeah there's n- I know I know we're talking about Queen Hippolyta being not the best right now yeah but, but like it's it, like ex- she's sending it's really mixed signals by with the guilt trip and then also here's this really important artifact that i want you to have yeah but that's also a guilt trip that's something a mother would do too like here this is your aunt take this like, i don't know is, to, like, hold on to is that forever. a guilt uh i hope not i don't know i feel like diana have you had ever more been of given... a relationship <laughs> no, no your answer is no <laughs> you've never been given a family heirloom and said like no what no, do you mean? <laughs> there's so much. There is literally so much pettiness around family heirlooms. Um, no, yeah. there is no. Those don't. That doesn't exist in 
<laughs> no, sorry, Johnny. Not um, for you. But I do f- <laughs> not for me. I do feel that uh, Diana had a closer relationship with Antiope than she does uh, with Hippolyta, obviously. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, with so so like from me watching that, I didn't really see. Diana taking the tiara as like a good gesture from Hippolyta. I felt like that's more of like a Antiope wanted you to have this. Like this is you guys were close, and then you know, then then at that point she would be trying to live up to what Antiope was doing her as in warrior wise. And you think Hippolyta was saying like, and and not to put words in her mouth, I could be no, and I don't think we can. I don't think we can because that character is extremely uh, uh, just not. She's so sporadic. You can't really pinpoint what that. It it just goes back to the whole thing of like, well, whoever's writing Hippolyta, like, yeah. Like the, yeah. that character is just so vastly. Uh, I, I don't know. You can't. You just can't pinpoint it down to one static uh, feature, or, you know, mindset or anything like that. Yeah, I just passed the point of like trying to analyze anything Hippolyta does for logical. Mm-hmm. I don't know reasons. It's just she's just doing her thing, you know. It is what it is, and you know it's not ever a pure gesture. It's something else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only thing I could think of, and if it's only if it's rewritten, um, but if it was rewritten to be like she was, you know, at the time being a, you know, being a much better, probably better mother than I was being to you at the time, and I'm I'm owning up to that. You deserve to have this because. Um, who knows? Maybe Antiope lost her life just because Hippolyta didn't act sooner or didn't act at all, which is the. But she's never going to take that responsibility yeah. on herself. Yeah, that's, that's not the Hippolyta exactly. we have. That's not the Hippolyta you, yeah. we have here. We have the Hippolyta who's like, I still don't yeah. want you to leave the island, and yeah. you're going to anyways. Here, take this. This is what Antiope wanted you to have, and. Uh, it's all sort of like an invitation to be like, "This is your chance, Diana," to say, "Never mind." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then you go, okay, thanks, Mom, bye. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like a test almost. Yeah. And then she goes with above average Steve. Above average Steve. Yeah. I think that's what we've been calling him yeah. this entire time. We've been, yeah, this whole time. This whole time. And like, like naturally, too, organically. Did everyone He's hate Captain him Kirk. In the, when they saw the movie? Like, was, like, was he no. supposed to be very unlikable? No, um, well, oh. so, uh, no. I think a lot of people just like Chris Pine, so. Yeah. That's fair. It's that, it's that side. There is a side of Steve Trevor that can be written in the, as a very charming, uh, there you know, are good old Steve boy, Trevor's. 1920s, yeah, military, 1940s. This is probably guy. the best, like I've said in the weeks yeah. that he's been in. Uh, this mm-hmm. is the best iteration of Steve Trevor, honestly. It is. Oh there my god! Worse. Yeah, there are, there are extremely <sighs> worse Steve Trevors, and oh. then there's also like present day Steve Trevors that are like extremely bureaucratic and just like just a dick. And it's like, yeah. man, come on. I think what fundamentally, I just really do not like. Well, I don't like the. I do really do not like the way that the transition uh, between not transition, but Diana's. Um, learning about the worlds of men. I hated all of that. All of it. <laughs> all of it. Yeah. Um, hated all of the, oh my God, you're a man. What do we do? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are, is, are all men? Like, hated all of that. Um, <laughs> and thought it also just 
didn't really make sense because if she's really from an island where you don't need men, then I feel like that sort of, I, I feel like that wouldn't be something that she would desire so much. I don't know, but that's just, just saying. Um, but I feel like he, I don't see how he could have been written not to be a very big mansplainer because he very much, he seems to really relish in that. Um, like not even lightly, like he, and even after he sees like how strong and badass she is, he still does a lot of that, mm-hmm. you know, like, Oh, I have to protect you. And like, and I, I think one of the earlier, one of the earliest lines was like, they're even killing the women and children. And I was like, why does that have an effect on Diana? Yeah. There, because, there's, um, yeah. there's a challenge to, to write, to write Steve Trevor interacting with wonder woman and that going going back to the new 52 version of wonder woman that's there was no steve trevor it was her dealing with her big messed up greek family and uh it was like her dealing with that and not dealing with hey steve trevor's here on this island now you gotta fight with your mom you gotta fight you know fight for this man you just met like they didn't do that they were just like that's not the Wonder Woman story we want to tell again. And for a lot of people, when they do decide, hey, we're going to do a Wonder Woman origin story, it goes back to being like, okay, well, then we have to write Steve Trevor trying to tell Diana about man's world. And it quickly becomes, is this going to be a man mansplaining to a woman? Like, regardless if she's a superhero, regardless if she's new to this world or not, it's still just a guy saying, hey, you can't do that. And her going, oh, I didn't know I couldn't do that. Um, it's very hard for but she's people so to... smart she's, she could have read a, like she could have there could have been many ways for her to know she and says then, it already she's like i'm taught every language but you know, the, I, that's I know that's the other toxic trait of hippolyta she doesn't know anything about the world outside now it's all like she found out up into a point right she found out up up into the point in which they resigned themselves from man's world mm-hmm that's the limit of her knowledge of humanity yeah. at that point. And then Hippolyta doesn't choose to give her a bigger lens at which she yeah. can see the world through. Yeah. It's literally you. just like... It's like it, she's it's, homeschooled. It's, yeah, she's homeschooled specifically <laughs> around Hippolyta's choices on curriculum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I grew up with a lot of... Uh, like, I wasn't homeschooled. I went to a public school, but in orchestra, there were always like some of my friends were homeschooled and the things mm-hmm. that I, the things from like their science books that they weren't like allowed to learn and stuff were mm-hmm. very interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Steve Trevor is one of those things. And, and I think what this film tries to do, especially when we'll, when we get to London is there, there will be moments um, or just when she gets to man's world in general, the, they do have moments of Steve going, Hey, don't do this. And I think the right thing to do is if you're going to do that, she has to say, I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah. And I think because there were earlier Wonder Woman scripts um, that are on the internet you can find. And it's Steve Trevor saying, hey, don't do this. And she goes, oh, I didn't know. Okay. (laughs) Like basically like it's, it's basically the writer trying to tell Diana what to do. And that's like the worst you can be. And then, and there's a lot of times where Steve Trevor is that, in other Wonder Woman stories where it's like, this is how the world works. And she goes, oh, I guess this is how the world works. And don't do that. That's, that's, See, that's some of good. those some of those things didn't bother me so much because I feel like your first time in a new world, someone is 
maybe going to teach you how to better code switch or like to better just fit in, especially if you're trying and not, yeah, not even just etiquette, but just like for the purpose of your mission, if you want to lay low, this is what, you know, you should do. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like, I wouldn't necessarily mind those. I would roll my eyes at them and, you know, I would expect that the person to be like, I know it's ridiculous, but look for this mission, (laughs) like we have to do this. Like that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Steve Trevor's only out like the only he seems so very mediocre whereas like the only thing he can possibly offer her is that he can be her translator for this man's world like <laughs> ding 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 i mean you're you're, yes, you're right. not that's, wrong that's, yeah. Exact, yeah, that's, oh, okay. that's it <laughs> mediocre or above you're average. just so it's it's you're on track of everything you watch the movie right <laughs> yeah okay. yeah i that's that's been like i'm so glad we got you on the show because like taking your your reaction to to all this is is very on point the 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 pros and cons you know um and like wow like i couldn't have asked for a better like just fresh perspective on on the film because you know over time people um do kind of look on this film already with rose colored glasses of like oh it's such a great movie and it's like yes it is and and i'm glad we finally got it um but that you know it's just not, because it's a good movie doesn't mean it doesn't have its problems. Well, the, the, yeah, and the, yeah. the characters themselves are, are, are yeah, flawed. The, yeah. and, and we me, are inherently it, flawed. Yeah. yeah. To me, it was that there was some lazy writing and some lazy acting as well, just because the actors were so, you know, stereotypically attractive and, you know, hit all these points. And like, yeah, I get that a lot of people like Chris Pine and like, it sort of is like people want to like it. So... You can like it if you want to like it, but if you have no allegiance to these, to the people or to um, any prior history, then that's when it doesn't work so much. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, I thought it was an enjoyable movie just at the same time. I'm very much like, yes, Steve Mm -hmm. is mediocre. Hippolyta's petty. Their relationship is not good. Wonder Woman is naive. And I, and that's part, all part of the charm, but, um, yeah, did they really have to hit the script so hard with like puberty jokes and like all <laughs> that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if like the, the beginning here of, of Diana on the Island and leaving the Island, it's, it's very juvenile. Um, yeah. and just like, um, I don't know, maybe I, Wide Eye would probably be like <laughs> in defense of it, and that's valid. You, there is there you could defend anything that you want, but also, uh, you know, you don't have to act so, or you don't have to write it so. Um, I don't know, spacey like or, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How do you? It's just yeah, juvenile. It it seemed a very just kid 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 mindset um yeah which going is, back that just goes back to hippolyta which again, is a maybe. shame because i feel like the uh the advantage of doing a modern take you know of, of on a period piece if, if you want to call it that of something that's existed you know maybe when things the world was a little bit different or like people didn't have the same amount of awareness decades ago the mm-hmm. fact that when, when you're a modern person doing this film that's your opportunity to spin something in a different way or like to yeah. 
to coax the script better and not fall into the same traps as if you're like in 1917. Um, exactly. It's just, and also like just from the queer perspective, the whole like, I don't know, the whole, first of all, the people, the Amazons, they, they do they not need men to reproduce? They don't, right? No. Right. No. Not okay. necessary. They don't, they don't, I don't even think they reproduce. Well, okay. no, no, the, the, like um there's no kids i guess that's well, the next yeah there's there no are. kids because oh, like there well there no, weren't no. diana was the only child and those women have been there since the creation yeah they, and the and gotcha. myth amazons amazon still needed yeah. um men but they just chose to go out do yeah. the do the thing and then come back just for procreation oh so um, they would like it was like a ritualized thing where like in in they, in myth yeah in, yeah it was a ritualized thing movie, yeah Gotcha. And then yeah, they would not, not them as scary. Yeah, they would yeah. take the they would take the male babies back out, mm-hmm. and the male babies weren't allowed to be with the Amazons, yeah. so they would raise the the or female babies. The male babies were sent to work for Hephaestus in the, yeah, in the yeah. forge, and then that was it. But, That's like myth. But, but here in this movie, she's there are like, no children. <laughs> they don't know. Yeah, they they don't know except for Queen of Paulson knows, and she's the only child on the island. Everyone knows that she's the only child yeah. on the island. She grows up with them, but. Those those people have been there since their creation. Um, yeah, no men. Yeah, don't right. men. Right. Okay. And so then that's that's yeah. So then it just makes it even more confounding as to why Steve is so interesting to her. <laughs> it kind of to, yeah. to Diana, from, just, right? Yeah, yeah. Just from the queer, like from the pers- from my perspective as a queer person, that is very <laughs> like I don't know how many times queer people hear like, trust me when you meet the one, <laughs> like just trust me, like when you meet someone like you'll, it'll just, you know, it'll just be different. Like it's just, you just don't know yet. Like, and that kind of follows along that perspective of like, here she is literally created to like, she, none of, none of these people of her race or whatever she believes that she, she is like, they don't need men. And, and this is like a defense. This is the most pure form of not needing men that one it's literally like that's the purpose of this there's no contemplation about it and then suddenly she goes on this whole thing because of mediocre steve mediocre above average uh, steve. above average steve <laughs> it's like this yeah. whole thing like it just the mom was right about one thing about the world of men does, don't deserve <laughs> you like the, they don't deserve you but yeah. Gosh, like I don't know. Maybe some of them could. Steve doesn't. But what you gonna do? It's first love. Okay. Yeah. I don't absolutely. know. I don't know. And That's yeah. yeah. Um, which will uh, you know, as we kind of wrap up here uh, today, I think that's a I that's something with Wonder Woman 1984. It would be kind of interesting to to see Diana have you know because she's gonna. Um, I totally forgot her name, um, but Kristen Wiig's Cheetah. What is Cheetah's character? I can't remember her actual name, but they... You're with Cheetah. What are you yeah, talking Cheetah. about? Yeah, Cheetah. Sure, Cheetah is going to be in the next film, and they're going to be they're gonna be really great friends. I, I thought she had a name. I don't, she I does be, have a name because she's yeah, a doctor. She they're going to... The, the Cheetah, listeners man. are going to blow me up on Twitter. When this no, they're episode, not. They're going to be like, the, Cheetah's name is such and such. I'm like, oh my God, all right, dude. Anyways... 
who knows what we see in the future. Point them in my direction. I got a knuckle sandwich. For, <laughs> for those um, of you who can't see, I'm holding my fist up. But it would be great to see that kind of thing because I think Wonder Woman and Cheetah's relationship is always a little bit more grayer than sure it is so. black and white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it very much, very yeah. much so. And during the 80s and during that time, it would be kind of cool to see something like that mm-hmm. in the future. And, um, see, but the it thing is, is good I was really that glad that Steve died and I was like, oh, Good, because I know there's a, there's going to be a 1984, so like I know we don't have to keep belaboring the yeah. Steve thing. But then someone told me that the actor is actually is he's actually going they to be resurrected. In it. Steve, yeah, he's, damn yeah, it, he's, yeah. he's, he's going to be in the movie, but we don't know how he's in the okay. movie. And so that's one of those things where it's like, okay, well maybe Greek mythology is playing into how he's here because yeah, I'm gonna bet money he's a ghost, but you know. Or he's brought back. Mark, you're scaring me over here, man. So it'd be cool um, to see something something a little bit different, yeah. and um, and they, they do. They there are some. What is it? The Grant Morrison um, Wonder Woman. What mm. did they call it? Year One. Uh, Earth or, One. Earth One. The Earth One Wonder Woman was a remake from what six years ago or something like that, mm-hmm. and it completely turns the entire mythos. Uh, not mythos. It completely turns the entire idea of what we have just been talking about for the past hour and a half and like this idea of Hippolyta and all her controlling thing, it completely flips it. Um, Yes, she is still controlling, but it's like in a different, uh, it it comes from a different tragedy or like a different mindset. It's, um, so it is still rough, but it's good to to see that like that Wonder Woman story is evolving and some writers are actually evolving with it and and taking the liberty to change up the notion that we're used to of Wonder Woman. Yeah, absolutely. And so um we'll we'll have to look forward to that um but I think that's going to that's going to that's going to do it for today. Um, let me just so say that those let me just say oh, that right in the in that moment where where Diana <laughs> finds Steve in the cave and kind of like stops and the music does the cheesiest thing in the entire world. Mm-hmm. It's those are the three cheesiest notes in the movie. I feel um, if you rewatch it, you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll hear it's like kind of this epic type of stuff before then. And then it's just do, do, do. Dun, dun, dun. I'm yeah. like, and it just stops. I, yeah. I, it's it's and, funny. Um, it's, it's cheesy. The footprints are in in time with it, and she's in the the pose. I gotta say, I I like the I like the heroic idea of what she is doing there. And then, but like, you're also forced to see the wedges, and you're like, oh, those are cool. <laughs> and then you immediately go, wait a second. <laughs> she wore wedges. Hey, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. It's a. Uh, yeah, so like 41 seconds is just... Like, and then Steve's just looking at him. Uh, he's having the ideas. Like, how's she gonna... How are you gonna fight? What are you doing? I don't anyway. think those are his ideas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. I was being nice. Um, <laughs> I do like the her her very regal pose, and then she's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, let's go. Yeah. So, um, I hope they make th- her see, more badass seems... in the next one, because I feel like she was not... They didn't. Like, they could have made her a lot more badass, but they just made her more pretty than badass. I feel like she gets that new uh, that golden R-E. eagle armor yeah. or whatever. Still, I felt still I Batman I, versus I, Superman. Oh, okay. So not this movie. She's she's very she's yeah. Very her first bad introduction. Yeah, the first movie like, she's in. She's like, yeah, I'm a warrior. I'm going to kill this thing. She's and, the showstopper. Yeah, she's the one that like and saves Batman and and you know and everyone's like, whoa, she's finally here and she's like, I'm gonna go kill this thing. 
Yeah. That's good. Arguably one of yeah. the, the best things about that entire story. Yeah. And it's very, she's, here I was she's like, very well written. Here I was like, this isn't, I don't know. Like they could have gotten a better actor. She's got the look <laughs> for sure. I am very attracted to her, but <laughs> I do not think that the acting performance was great. And, and which is to say the directing probably, you know, probably is a directing thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's, she's, I th- I've, in my opinion, Wonder Woman from Dawn of Justice, the previous movie is, uh, severely surpasses this and maybe it's intentional because it's a hundred years later and maybe she is supposed to be more formed. Uh, um, and then, I mean, she's very, still reclusive and it's very good she's nowhere near as novice as she appears not even not even in the slightest and it's like oh yeah so this is how wonder woman is supposed to interact with these characters Mm -hmm. this is everybody this is what everybody's idea of what wonder woman should be upon seeing her um this is what the heroes are supposed to like (laughs) they're supposed to be dumbfounded by how vastly superior this woman is to them (laughs) Yeah, ways. because in, in the first movie, the movie she was she was hired for, in, you know, Dawn of Justice, and she, like the reason Gal Gadot was cast is they wanted to have this type of character that came in, and you know, Batman and Superman are struggling with their with their issues that they're making just worse and worse and worse, and then she comes in and she's like, all right, we got, you know, are you guys gonna help or not? Because I'm gonna go kill this thing. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna solve your problems here right now, and so she comes up in, in the very like the last act of the film, she's like. All right, I've killed other things before. Step back, and she goes in, and at one point, it's just her fighting the the, yeah. the big monster at the end, and the other two are like stumbling, and so jaws on the ground. Yeah, yeah. so and that's how, and then this is supposed to explain how she she gets to that point, which is why you might feel like, okay, so is this just like a setup? It's and a big. Leap. It's not about. There, it's not about what she does, missing. though. It's not about what she does, like because she, clearly in this film she does really you know he, badass heroic like intense things mm-hmm. as well it's not like she's not doing stuff it's it's more like the it's more like her face and getting the the way she gets into it i don't mm-hmm. know haven't have you ever watched like a, a the okay the last film i saw before um pandemic was portrait of a lady on fire which is like uh it's a french it's yeah it's a french film i believe and mm-hmm. something that it reminded me that is like in contrast to american films is like the characters were not, it didn't seem like they knew they were on camera as much as like American blockbuster heroines are directed to. Like Gal Gadot, and I think, I think this is for sure a, direct, a directing thing because it's what the fans, it's like what everyone wants. Is like, you still know how to hit your angles and your looks and your, and you still like, are you going to be in combat, but you also are going to like do your, your, this certain pretty face, um, like you're going to do this certain like, but in sometimes it, when I watch other movies that are like foreign or, or just more art house films, you see, they're not afraid to get like ugly and into it. And in a part where it might not be flattering and like it, you know, it's, it's a, just a different directing style of like, it's, it's a lot more like realistic. And I feel like they maybe didn't want her to get too realistic to like how absolutely, yeah. down and dirty you would be getting if you were doing this. But like, that would have been so badass for the audience to see. And I yeah. mm-hmm. I don't think the audience would have been like, oh, she's in doing like a thing that makes her look ugly. Like, I do not think the audiences would think that at all. But like, I feel like it's a, probably a studio thing where they're like, 
you know, make sure to get, you know, make sure that every still is a still that people could capture that looks like an amazing still rather than yeah. like a thing that, you know, it's not, you know, yeah. I want to see her get really dirty. Yeah. yeah. And, then that, and that's what, especially next week, uh, next week is going to be more of like the, uh, the Gal Gadot, Chris Pine show, because like that's next week is going to be that next week is going to be like what you're saying. Like, I mean, a lot of people are coming to this movie to see Chris Pine and see Gal Gadot, um, maybe. And so they, there is a Gal Gadot person here in the movie that like, when you see Diana acting, it's not always like, it's not like Gal Gadot has completely like separated herself and is totally into just being Diana. It's like, there is, the delivery and, and, and the comedic aspect to it is just Gal Gadot's likeness as a celebrity that you see. And so when you see more like auteur like films, um, you can have like a movie. Um, the only thing coming to my mind right now is like nocturnal animals with like Jake Gyllenhaal is like completely like in shambles. And it's like, it's, he gets like, like you said, like get to an unflattering state of being like, this is the character this is not about going to see a movie of Jake Gyllenhaal or like Amy Adams. It's like, yes, this is them being more. It's like, a candid, it's like getting their... a candid photo. It's, it's, yeah. it's different, completely different. Yeah. And that's just, this is where it comes into like just being a big Hollywood. Uh, yeah, for sure. Western pr- media. production. Yeah. Western media. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, but, but that's all I have for this one. I don't know if you guys, I know we're, um, uh, with <laughs> running a good discussion over yeah. yeah very very good discuss- discussion um sorry for the listeners if, if they're like wow it's a two-hour episode but you're, uh, <laughs> you better enjoy it <laughs> these things don't come often but i enjoyed it so uh we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today if you enjoyed everything you heard you can find us on all social media at dceu minutes and the facebook group the dc cinematic minute listener society where you could join us to talk about the show and if you want to support us we have a bunch of merchandise you can buy on t public so definitely check that out and we will be back with more episodes uh next week on wonder woman minute 